game is bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. Stop smiling. Oh, hey. Didn't see you there. No? It's no. like a kid's show yeah. intro. It's like, oh, I didn't see you there. You know what I'm saying? Riverside? Yeah. yeah we, we, we're back for another episode. Uh, but I my heart. You can make a sound effect as well. <laughs> hey. I was going to say the okay, thing. Okay. No, you're going to jump the gun. Huh? No, no. no. You, just, you do. You do. You. <clears throat> it's your podcast. It's not mine. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, joined again by a peculiar individual. I don't think I'm that peculiar. Just using interesting words instead of using the actual word interesting because it's overused far too much. I don't think I'm even that interesting. <laughs> it's the, it is the subjectual word that's people not, go that's to. That's not a word. <laughs> I, I use it now because you hate it. That's the worst reason to use a word. <laughs> yeah, yeah, interesting is overused because it's the, like the number one descriptor. Of Peculiar adds some like a, a little bit of a pejorative like connotation. Though. Yeah, it's like a little bit like oh he's peculiar. It's like you know there's a little bit of something there. It's like maybe you are. Oh, yeah, you think I'm a little bit insidious? A little bit. It's uh, mm, a good word for it. Uh, eccentric. No, you're not eccentric. 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 What are we saying? <laughs> Just make up your own word. Fuck it. Yeah. Who am I? You can say my my pseudonym. Ah, because you dropped the gun. See, <laughs> ruined the entire thing. All right. But yes, my peculiar. No, you're not mine. <laughs> I'm yours. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Uh, it's. April too late yeah <laughs> too yeah. soon maybe no too soon too soon for next year too yeah. soon yeah. you ruined the surprise <clears throat> but as you can probably tell we are joined again by the peculiar insecure overly phallic I don't know if a person <laughs> you're saying like the shape of me is <laughs> I just look like a giant dick <laughs> I never said it, you did. Yeah. Okay. Um, the longest intro. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to pick, pick out the right words. Yeah. Peculiar, insecure, phallic, mm-hmm. brick house of a man. What the fuck does that <laughs> even mean? Just get go. Pseudo from. <laughs> I actually forgot the other half. Pseudo sentiment. Oh, that's what it was like. Because <laughs> you already said uh, said pseudonym, I'm just like yeah. pseudonym. I'm like, no, it's not it. Stop going back to that word. Yeah, pseudo sentiment. My better half sentiment. Oh, <laughs> pseudo sentiment. The better half. Well, that's the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm back. Or did you leave? 
I've been here the whole time. I'm just waiting. Just waiting for you. <laughs> Please bring it back. Yeah. I have more things to say. I've just been talking the whole time. <laughs> has, 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 did you at least call somebody? To... No, no. People come and go yeah. and they remain. How's that been for you? It's been okay. What are we talking about today? <laughs> I was going to say, see, <laughs> sort of a down tone there. <laughs> Can bring it up, upbeat. Yeah. yeah. And more to a uh, three, four tempo. Let's get to an authentic place as well. Yeah. Oh, authentic? <laughs> yeah. I like authentic. Yeah. I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't think it works. <laughs> well, subjectively, it's about the journey. Yeah. And in that journey, you actually wrote 8661. Yes. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> You know, fuck it. That's gonna be the title now. All right, fine. A reference no one understands because it's a shitty name. It's a good way to lead off into topic number one. It's topic number one. Failure. Because <laughs> this topic, the the, the, the title failed because it's mm. hitting no one. True. It's but more specifically, uh, just failure. You have the art of failure. Because mm. most people will see failure as a bad thing, as the negative. Do you think so? From what I've observed, yes. Mm. I think if you asked people, ask too much. <laughs> you asked people what they thought of failure, they would give you that now old adage that you know you have failure is a good thing because then you learn from it and all that stuff. But in practice, everyone forgets it. Yeah, I, I think that would be the distinction I would make there. Because I I would also say a lot of people. Well, probably the, the general public put together failure and quitting. Hmm. They sort of link them <clears> together. Yeah. I mean, well, let's define failure. What is failure? Not succeeding? Not succeeding. I know that's not a definition because you're just using the reverse of another word. Well, no, it works. You can, we can Google it. it no, it's fine. It gets us into the topic at least. So, in order to fail, you first need to have a goal so because in order to have to succeed mm -hmm. you need something that you're succeeding at <laughs> failure <laughs> lack of success lack of success <laughs> now right <laughs> That's correct. the omission of expect expected or required action okay so the thing you were trying to do didn't happen right yeah um so yeah which isn't a bad thing yeah I would say, just diving right into the personal side of it, I rarely fail at things because I don't usually have a goal in mind mm -hmm. in most things that I do. I mean, it's been a while since I've been in school or I've been on you know a team or a sport or and stuff like that. So there's never been a coherent like goal in mind. Mm -hmm. Like I need to pass this or I need to get this many wins or whatever it is. So, I feel like once you're out in like the workplace, or the, well, I suppose you, you could have assignments at work that yeah. you're working on that could succeed or fail. I'm not really in that line <laughs> of no. work. So, um, just do this one thing and continue doing it. Yeah. So, it really depends on the life you choose, which path you go down. Because mm -hmm. if you choose any number of paths, then it's not, you're not living a goal oriented life. And so the chance for failure doesn't really arise, but that's when a more abstract 
goal comes in, which is you would hope comes in. Yeah, we, well, it's it's always quietly there in the background yeah. of you know what do you want out of life? You know, from happy the overarching goal, and the and yeah. fulfillment, and stuff like that. And so that's a very vague goal, mm-hmm. which most people don't even define for themselves. No, you 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 just hope to somewhat get close to it. Yeah, maybe. Um, I mean, even, I don't even really think in terms of goals when I think of, you know, do I want to be happy or do I want to be fulfilled? It's not, it's never a, oh, once I do this thing, I will have succeeded in being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, if anything, it's an ongoing process. Um, And happiness is one of those things that, you know, the more you try and reach for it, the further you get. You know the band Our Lady Peace? Yes, not personally, but yes, I know of them. <laughs> yeah. I was having dinner with them last night. Nice. And I was reminded about one of their albums. Um, uh, Happiness is not a fish you can catch. Okay. Which is, just reminded. Yeah. Um, was that the, 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 that was the album title? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think I'm thinking of the right band. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things where in order to fail, you first need to have a criteria for success. In order to succeed, you need criteria for a goal. In order to have a goal, you need to define it clearly, mm-hmm. which most people don't take the time to do. And sometimes it's, it ends up being so vague that what's the point in doing it at all? Right. Did I cover <laughs> enough ground there? I, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess my only thing I would add to it is people try to steer too hard in one direction away from failure because mm. they're like, oh, well, that, that's you don't want that thing to happen, so you'll just focus on having that not happen, so then you'll actually not end up going towards your goal because you've mm. steered away in yeah. like almost the opposite direction. Yeah. Whereas you should almost not aim for the failure but if it have just let it happen because mm. you can easily see what went not not necessarily what went wrong mm. but you can see what happened and then try and tweak it from there right and sometimes as long as we're continuing to make metaphors for yeah. failure um it's <laughs> all they do yeah and sometimes the the path to success is like a narrow bridge where to swerve in any direction means you're going off yeah. the bridge into failure. So you need to really have your shit under control <laughs> in order to, you know, stay on that path. Um, okay. Do you have any big failures in your life? You look back on and say, oh, that was, that was a big one. But um, <laughs> do you regret it or not? I wouldn't call them failures because the, they weren't goals that I had in mind or just shit that happens to you in life that you're mm-hmm. like oh, I wish that didn't happen or something like that but you know nothing that I've actively tried to go for and not succeeded in yeah the, the, the kind of paradoxical thing about failures is that traditionally we see them as bad things mm-hmm. or negative things but realistically they are more they result in more positive gain than successes 
because you learn more from a failure mm-hmm. than you do from a success. Yeah. If, if someone is just successful and successful and successful in everything they do, you have a very underdeveloped person. Yeah. Because they've just they've just glided over everything instead of trudging through all the you know muck and over mountains mm-hmm. and less experienced. Yeah, less experienced, and so to see failures as to even call them failures is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. I feel like we would, we need to give Learning failures. Bumps. Yeah. <laughs> sure. We need to give them a different name because we're calling them something that doesn't represent what they are. No. Yeah. You're, you're giving it more of a negative context than what it actually is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like learning bumps, it will work better. Oh, I don't know. I don't like naming <laughs> things. Oh, all right then. That's simple. <laughs> Segway time. Where are we going? We're doing on this segue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever happened to those shitty things? I think they still use them in like tourist sites. Yeah. Like hotels, you can like book them if you want to go around. In the smaller cities, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Probably in Europe. Sorry, I meant more uh, like vacation hotel yeah. resorts. That's yeah. the term. Like mm-hmm. The touristy areas. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, uh, with failure and negative things, mm. no, it doesn't work. Bad with transitions. Transition. Uh, going into the next topic of discussion story time. My thought on stories is uh, you can't have a great story in and of itself without key elements. Mm-hmm. One of those key elements, which is, I would almost argue is a cornerstone of it or an anchor point, is great characters. Right. And a great character, I would say, isn't defined by what they are, but who they are and what makes them up. Only word that better? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wrote this down, so yeah. I'm just going to read this. Yeah. A great story is nothing, first and foremost, without great characters. For stories are the mere husks, shells, for the ex- exploration and understand understanding and connection of compelling characters. A character's particulars should not be the focus of them, but give them an interesting personality, backstory, motives, flaws, etc. And through those... Let who and what the character is developed. Because from there, you can then slowly define who and what the character is. Right. Right. Yeah, I... It's better when I write shit down, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the way with a lot of people. You know, (laughs) traditionally, or not traditionally, um, subjectually. Oh, fuck you. (laughs) Um, A lot of great writers were famously horrible speakers mm-hmm. um, and actually in terms of music a lot of great composers were horrible performers of their own work okay so they could write the piece but they yeah. didn't play that piece <laughs> as well as other players i know what it sounds like in my head but i can't put it <laughs> yeah, down on the instrument yeah um yeah i mean i i'd agree with that for the most part um Stories in in themselves, it's a it's a broad term, because I'd argue everything we're doing is 
telling stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you can tell stories with books and television and movies, yeah. with art. Um, you tell stories to your child. You tell stories to your friends. I mean, what else do you do when you you know go out with friends? You go out to the bar, mm-hmm. and then and then you re- recite what happened yeah, to someone yeah. else. You're all just telling stories about what happened to you, or what you think, or you know, just things that have happened, yeah. or things you you know, stories that haven't happened yet, perhaps. Yeah, stories in, in their simplest forms are just ideas. Right. Yeah. And it's that overarching idea explained however lengthily you want to do it. Yeah. And so you can, you can shape yeah. stories in a variety of different ways. You can interpret them in different ways. Um, a character does, does, doesn't even have to be a person. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things I was going to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, I can think of many stories where the the center of it is like the place, yeah. it's the setting, or it's, you know, some, it's it's like a character that isn't even there, you know, like it's an unseen character, yeah. or just the idea of a character. Yeah, so, and, and some stories are, are more like, I think of tons of movies where... Concepts. Yeah, it be a character. it's a conceptual movie, yeah, where it's all just about a theme. Um, but I think, I thought in particular when I was thinking about settings, um, the studio uh, Ghibli movies, yep. um, Spirited Away in particular, the train station. You still haven't watched it. You still haven't watched it. I know. It's, it's one of the ones I haven't watched. Well, everyone else in the world <laughs> yes. know what I'm talking about. Anyways, there's this scene where it's it's pretty much it's this beautiful setting. And the characters, when they pass through it, they nothing is spoken there's no dialogue in this section of the movie and it's all just like ambience and you see the setting and you hear Long the sound off. oh sorry am i french yes ambient noise in the background um and so you just hear the soundtrack and you're watching the visuals and you're just kind of absorbing what's on the screen mm-hmm. and there's nothing to really in- interpret necessarily you're not like coding dialogue or anything like that. And yeah, because it's not explicitly given to you. Yeah. You have to determine it for yeah. yourself. There's no real exposition. The, the plot isn't moving that far forward. And so it's just... You're sitting in the moment. You're sitting in the moment. And it's one of my favorite scenes. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, and when I think of that movie, I don't think about characters or necessarily the actual characters or anything else I think of like those moments in the film where mm-hmm. things come together in a certain way and it's like that is what this movie is about yeah I mean I could rant on <laughs> just studio Ghibli others well I could rant on other story ideas but uh, do you want me to? <laughs> you seem eager to ah, I mean um, like I said just give me a taste then I just taste I just talk forever so um, have you heard of Joseph Campbell? Well, Campbell's a common name, but no. Not Campbell Soup. Um, <laughs> I didn't say Soup. <laughs> um, Joseph Campbell, he was a... I'm not sure what he was like foremost, but he was a writer and, and a, um, a kind of, I guess, mythologist. Um, I like those. And he studied the shapes of stories. Okay. Um... And he's not the one who developed the hero's yeah. hero's journey. Yeah. Oh, that was him. Hero's journey. Okay. Um, he wrote a book uh, called the 
hero with a thousand faces. Um, That's where the it was first. Yeah, from, he yeah. he he talks about the hero's journey and stories and common archetypes um, across all stories, and yeah, it's it, obviously it's very influential. Um, Dan Harmon, the creator of like, Community and Rick and Morty, and he has his own version of the hero's journey mm-hmm. that he uses for TV episodes where every TV episode pretty much has the entire follows. arc in it. Yeah, has the entire arc in it. And uh, so Joseph Campbell's hugely influential um, in terms of how we interpret stories. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I always forget about like, who, who he actually is because I, 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 I've always retained that knowledge of that of that arc i just never remember who it who it was came up with it because I, I always figure it was like back in the day yeah like yeah. In the, the, it was from the greek era or something it was yeah. like no it's just yeah. from like the 80s or whatever yeah <laughs> yeah yeah famous from studying all of 1950 the, sorry yeah from studying all of the different cultures and societies and yeah, he stories found the commonalities found the commonalities it's very similar to um Another author, Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World and uh, The Doors of Perception, among other things. And Aldous Huxley wrote a book called The Perennial Philosophy, um, which took all of the, or many of the world's religions and found common verses and common um, stories and teachings Mm -hmm. of them. And he kind of proposed that they all they're all similar for a reason. Yeah, and they they all speak a similar truth, yeah. which is they're all saying that it's essentially the same thing at its core. They they stem from similar sources and they have similarities, but mm-hmm. I would not say all of them are the same. No, but when you look down to at its core, what it's trying to get across, I would say I'm not I'm. I'm I wouldn't say that any religion has a core precept that it follows. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are many. There, are, you know, to take the big three, the, the teachings of Jesus are numerous. Yeah. He said many things, some contradictory things. Um, same with Muhammad. Um, same thing with the Torah. I mean, there's there's more than one thing there. Mm-hmm. A lot of people reduce it down to, you know, God is love, or um, they pick their favorite commandment and just say, <laughs> they run with that. that's the main thing, you know. Because it speaks to me. Yeah. But you could, you know, there's as many core notions of religion as there are people reading. Yeah. You know? Well, because we all interpret it differently. Yeah. So, uh, His middle name was Leonard. Mm-hmm. Very cool guy, Aldous Huxley. Yeah. I spelled his name completely wrong, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> he was very interested in psychedelics. He did yeah. um, mescaline yeah. and <laughs> you were like in real time <laughs> reading it, checking me as I, <laughs> but not intentionally. I'm just yeah. reading the same passage as you're saying it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> off topic, but when when he was taking uh, his. I think it was one of the first times he took mescaline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, maybe this was LSD. I'm not sure. It's from uh, Desert Cactus originally. You know, so I'm assuming it, it, it's not the, the one that's called M. 
No, that's no, that'd that's, be MDMA. Yeah. Looks naturally occurring. Yeah. Psychedelic alkaloid. It was one of yeah, it occurs in the peyote. It's so called peyote. It mess yeah. the chemical. Mm-hmm. Um, so he took whatever drug it ended up being, and uh, he had a friend and like his sister or something like that. I, maybe I'm, he had two friends in the room. Dr. Humphrey Osmond, a British psychiatrist, Jeez, okay. uh, asked him to supply a dose of mescaline. He obliged. Uh, I can't say anything from memory here. I'm doomed <laughs> to get it wrong. In his book, yeah. I'm not going to go further. <laughs> please. Yeah. In his book, The Doors of Perception, um, he recounts taking mm-hmm. one of the psychedelics and he wanted to study it. So he was reporting to the other people yeah. sober in the room um, what he was experiencing. In his yeah. head. And one of the main things he took from it was he was seeing objects as they were not as he thought they were. So okay. let me explain that, because it's philosophers use this terminology a lot. They say a thing in and of itself, mm-hmm. in and of itself. Um, and what that means is you can see a chair and forget how to use it or why it was made or how it was made, and you can just see the shape of it. And the shape is just shape. Yeah. You don't say, oh, something could sit there, or, oh, that's a chair. Yeah, or, because we have uh, the experience behind it, right. we put the context of chair, not just object. Yeah. So you, you're kind of removing yourself from all memory you have mm-hmm. of the chair, and you, I mean, I mean, I'm talking as if you're speaking to yourself, but you, you kind of think that is itself. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you don't call it itself, but that is that, and then you yeah. just fill in the blank, like it's just... Well, yeah, because you, you wouldn't have a word for it, because yeah. the word you know is yeah. the one you've been taught. Yeah, and this is the only time I'll say this, it is what it is. Well, yeah. <laughs> because that's literally what mm. you're, you're experiencing, the direct perception of the object without any other notion. Or filters. Or so. filters. And so you have this really direct connection with the present moment. Um, in a way that is almost impossible to get to mm-hmm. without the psychedelics because it's so rarefied in those moments. And so when people have that kind of experience, which you can have on many different substances in different mm-hmm. contexts, people report similar things where because they're so ingrained in the present moment, they experience you know floods of dopamine. So they experience this thrill, this excitement, and they feel like they're connected to something like almost primal, something like they're they're tapping into the source material, you know, like mm-hmm. it's like a you know, you're looking behind the curtain, peering into the matrix kind of thing, you right. see reality as it is. Not as you're interpreting it to be. Right. Yeah. That's how people think about oh, I'm seeing reality as it is. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, my brain is being tampered with. Yeah, I'm seeing a different version of reality mm-hmm. because it's all whatever you experience is reality. Yeah, um, but that doesn't mean it's necessarily true in all states of mind. There are certainly things I would say on a certain substance that would be true when I said it 
but would not be true once I sobered up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a long tangent. That's fine. Yeah. I like to indulge you. Yeah. I can see the passion. I'm indulgible. <laughs> but yeah, we can go off of there. We can dive a little further within the structure of the story. And one of those structures, pillars, is music. Mm. Sound. Yes. And I would argue great sound composition is an almost is almost not even noticed because it works so well together with what is happening at that time right it just melts together and you experience it all in one the only time you would really feel it is when you're trying to pump up that certain emotion so then the the music would go in that direction and increase Mm. so that you would then notice it more to steer you towards that emotion I I agree and I disagree. I agree that good sound composition is often unnoticed. Mm-hmm. But I I mean that in the way that when I'm watching a character, good acting means I don't know they're acting. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I don't I forget that they're there. Yeah, no, same thing. Yeah. So it is it it, it it's just yeah. so seamless. Yeah. It, it's it's it feels authentic. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's it's being worked in or trying to elevate a certain mm-hmm. emotion. It, it, it doesn't feel like you're being manipulated. Because anytime, I, I assume we're talking about movies here in some way. Easily enough, yeah. 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 So, I mean, when you're watching a movie, you're always being manipulated. Yeah. Because you're being asked to believe that the yeah, things you're seeing yeah, are true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you're, so, you're being shown this one thing. Yeah. And so there's that suspension of disbelief where you say, these are not actors. That is not Brad Pitt. Well, yeah, I was going to say, is, like, yeah, you, you know, whoever. You, you could take any high actor and be like, yeah. if they're acting well, you forget essentially who they are, right. and then they've just embodied that character. So yes. you, you no longer see them as that actor. Right. And so it is with music. And so if you're listening to a soundtrack, it's not, oh, I know that song, or, oh, okay, I know what the instruments mm-hmm. are doing here, you know, they're trying to do this and this. It's, that what I'm hearing is authentic to what the characters are feeling or to what is going on in the scene. So it's it's not that you don't notice the music, it's that the music is appropriate for what is mm-hmm. happening. It's 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 it's, an, it's inter- intertwined. Yes. Yeah. So tangled. But to jump off of there into our main topic of this afternoon. <laughs> It's an odd noise. That, that, that doesn't intertwine well. Your, no. your, your, your no. music composition is off in this sense. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Get a new sound effect. But yeah, to, to go off of that into, into our main topic for uh, this episode is I wanted to talk about what would be your personal soundtrack. Now, to make that a little more clear for you and everyone else, let me define it as this. It is not a complicate a not a complication a compilation of your favorite songs or bands. It is a compilation of styles, genres, effects that are used to express, emphasize, and describe who you are. We sort of touched on this, but 
me using my metaphor is a, a simple way of, mm-hmm. uh, of putting this together is to, to, to compare it to a film soundtrack because mm-hmm. it helps again to tell the story so right um, I, if you want I can go off of my yeah go for it notes of shit that I have <laughs> go for it I, yeah I want to hear it well to go off of just film in general mm-hmm. um to get a sense of where I'm coming from and where my interests are. Some notable composers for me uh, have been Danny Elfman, mm-hmm. Tyler Bates, Hans Zimmerman, Howard Shore, and Zimmer. Zimmerman. Not Zimmerman. Zimmerman. <laughs> Hans Zimmer. No man. <laughs> Pretty sure it was, I, thought, I thought it was Zimmerman. No. no? Uh, yeah. just Zimmerman as long as we're there. talking about. Hans the Zimmer, same guy who did you know all the the Dark Knight series yeah. and Inception and The Lion King and so many more yeah yeah on Zimmer <laughs> my mistake yeah. all right yeah. um, Howard Shore mm-hmm. and then going off of Hans Zimmer mm-hmm. um, he's not a composer but he has a good ear for sound design and use Christopher mm-hmm. Nolan yeah and he's, <laughs> Christopher Nolan has used Hans Zimmer yeah. as his mm-hmm. you know, go-to guy for many films yeah. So that would put you in, in, in sort of a, the mindscape of sort of where I'm coming from for mm. film composers at least. Right. Um, what has influenced me and what I gravitate towards. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are some big names. Yeah. Alan Zimmer, Danny Elfman, yeah. uh, Howard Shore. I, yeah. I recently rewatched a couple of the Lord of the Rings films. Yeah. His, his, the, the, the music, the is score. So, yeah. so on point. It is. Just from the opening, when they start telling the story of the yeah. Nine Rings, you you can literally just play that soundtrack. That violin just creeps in, and oh, so, so good. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So that would be composers that help um, define it mm-hmm. for styles or genres. This is where it can get a little peculiar. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll start off with experimental folk. Mm-hmm. Um, one band in particular. Particular is a uh, Heilong. Okay. Not, you probably don't know them. No, I don't. Um, it's basically Viking folk. Okay. Uh, they, they've taken a few of the tales and stories and turned them into songs. Mm-hmm. So I, I found that quite interesting and compelling. Yeah. Uh, why I picked that was when I was uh, basically puttering away doing something, I had it on in the background because I liked it. It was the, their live performance. And I heard in the background, my roommate go, the hell is he listening to? He goes, oh, it's weird shit? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. So for some reason, weird shit just fits with me. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that odd stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'll tone it back, to, tone it down with just regular folk music. I, I found that quite nice, but both new and old. So for new, you could say like Mumford & Sons. Yeah. There's a new interpretation of it. Uh, older, you could go uh, Gaelic. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I don't know if, it, if it's the way it sounds or what, but it's, I found that quite moving. Mm-hmm. Um, then to go off of that, uh, I found uh, avant-garde um, slash ethereal wave. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, and to give, to, to, um, to give examples of that, of where, where it's been used or where, where you would heard it from, uh, 300. Mm-hmm. Um Legend of the Guardians, the Owls of Gohul, uh, particularly Lisa Gerard. 
she, uh, I mean, Gladiator as well. Yeah. Uh, she is the main vocalist that you hear yeah. in those tones, you could say. Yeah. Um, I actually did, did a little bit of research into it. Um, what she is singing is the you. She uses. I'm gonna butcher this name. Um, Idioglossia language. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is an idiosyncratic uh, language uh, that was invented and spoken by usually typically only one person or very few. Yeah. Most often, uh, it refers to a private language of young children, especially twins. Uh, the latter becoming more sig- significantly known as cryptophagia and more commonly referred to as twin talker, twin speech. Mm-hmm. So it's not an actual language, but it resonates with other people because it comes from a place of deep understanding and connection. Right. And for some reason, I've always just been drawn into it so much for some reason. Um, then from there we go into cyberpunk, which is very generalistic, but uh, that can be more described as dark electronic, mm-hmm. which is basically a blend of organic, traditional, and technology. So it, it's it's blending the electronic beats, but can also add in the avant-garde um, vocals. Um, some examples of that is you have, you have Chemical Brothers. They're a little bit more just technical. They don't have the, the vocals. Um, a great soundtrack that I recommend is from the video game Deus Ex Human Revolution. Um, their electronic elements were influenced by the film music of John Carpenter, Vangelis, and the band Tangerine Dream. I don't know who they are. Um, the acoustic mood elements were inspired by the work of Lisa Gerard and Neo Mor- Morricone. <laughs> and Elliot uh, Goldenthal. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of films, he was um, the, the the fellow who is responsible for making the music. He was strongly influenced by electronic bands and musicians such as uh, Amon Tobin and the band Massive Attack. I'm just spouting off shit that I've read, so it, it's very easy just to keep going. Um, from there, um, another one that hits home is new metal. Mm. Not N-E-W, but N-U yeah. metal. Yeah, new metal, yeah. yeah. Um, in particularly Linkin Park, mm-hmm. even though they drifted away from it. Mm-hmm. Them as a band to, in its own, it, I found, it, I would say, a great representation of me, but it, just from where they were and how they, they, they developed, it's uh, indicative of actual and proper growth because mm. it, it, you're not I don't want to say be defined but you're not catering towards something else you're staying true to what you are and what is speaking to you at that time so each album that they made yes it was different and some people didn't like them it changed vast, vastly but the music always spoke true to what they wanted to make at the time and what they felt they were as a band right um, obviously we go into general rock Mm-hmm. Don't need that. There's 50 million examples there. Yeah. Um, uh, another one that hits, for some reason, it really it pumps me up and gets me into it um, is guitar based, guitar based uh, themes and songs. Um, a really great one was the uh, soundtrack to Wanted. Wanted. Hmm. 
it, it had a very nasty heavy metal approach to it it was done by uh, who was it I think it was it was, it was Danny Elfman actually was it yeah uh, he 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 used a, a couple of other people's songs and stuff, but he did uh, create his own as well. He wanted to use that guitar. Um, from there, tone it down a little bit. Go a little classical. That's not toning it down. That's toning it up. <laughs> well, some people would they, they find it very soft, but it's it's just a good way to center yourself. I would say. Um, I could go on, but in short, there's really not any music that I dislike or hate. For all have their own merits and enjoyable rhythmic beats and flows. Mm. But from these ones, these, these, these are the ones that most stand out to me. Obviously, there are going to be certain ones that don't hit home as much, but I don't dislike them or hate them. Mm. These are just the best ones that I've found that resonate with me, but that also... It, it, it's hard to say to describe me because trying to describe yourself to others is different than other people describing you. Mm. So I've, I've tried to look outside the box and pick things that would be like, oh, that would resonate with him. Um, and then to throw in the middle of my uh, film score album mm. would be covers because mm. I find that they can be used so very well to tell a certain mood or even just their lyrics in general yeah. can hit home so I keep using that um, can be used so well within a certain scene so a, a few covers that have that, that I've heard that really work well within films not not necessarily so much with like what would be used in mine but that I, that have stood out films for me um, the sound of silence for disturbed uh, painted black by Ciara everybody knows. Uh, by Sigrid, Come Together by Gary Clark Jr. and Junkie XL, Sweet Dreams by Marilyn Manson, uh, In the Air Tonight or Call Me by In This Moment, Hurt by Johnny Cash, um, and then I could name them all, but it's easier just to say the Sucker Punch soundtrack because mm. that's pretty. It's it just all covers. All covers yeah, really. Because I find covers are such a great and unique way to differently look at at, at an old classic mm -hmm. and when you have that new take on it it just puts such a good spin on it mm -hmm. now that takes nothing away from the oldies because we, we, we've seen before in films uh, Guardians of the Galaxy you bring back old classics and they can just work so well right in new contexts mm -hmm. so for me that's what I was able to come up with for my soundtrack and how it would somewhat piece together. Right. I don't know which, which songs would go in what order or yeah. whatnot, but hmm. that's what my album would be filled of. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we can. Uh, that's a lot to write. <laughs> yeah. Um, Took me quite a while to write it all down. Yeah. So when we're talking about personal soundtracks, we're talking about music that kind of either represents or um, accompanies not necessarily what you're doing in your everyday life as you wake up and mm -hmm. go to work, talk to friends, do your hobbies and all that stuff, but, but, but it, 
that's why I use the, 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 the film soundtrack as an analogy, not simply just, oh, let's put on some music for today's yeah. everyday activity. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. they, it's walking, it's more let's do a, a march. You know? like, yeah. It's not like that. But it, it, it kind of represents the emotional side of it, or at least the mental mm-hmm. part of it. It doesn't have to be emotional per se, but whatever's going on in your head at the time, the music accompanies that and uh, accents it or enriches it. Mm-hmm. So that's what you mean when, when you're saying these are the bands and composers yeah. and covers that stick, that stick out. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I could talk about bands that I like or bands that I think would would fit with my my mood yeah. um, or what I do um, but uh, I mean we in a way you are writing your own story here yeah you are saying that in a way you would like it if these these, these are all used these yeah. were all used in, in my life um, I'm sure you know if someone else was writing you know <laughs> scoring the soundtrack for your like it would be very different. Most likely, yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, um, these would just influence it. Yeah. Hopefully, yeah. So I, I, I can think of a couple. Uh, <laughs> um, what should I go with first? Uh, I mean, most of the music that I listen to that I've heard in my life um, has been piano based because right. I play the piano, mm-hmm. and so there would have to be <laughs> there would have to be piano. Yeah. In the soundtrack of my life. Um, and classic piano or like I, I don't really like differentiating between genres that okay. much um, because typically a genre is applied in retrospect mm-hmm. I mean the composers living in what we now call the renaissance era of classical music they did not think they were living in the renaissance era no yeah renaissance, it was just you know, that, that time yeah and likewise, I mean, now it's a bit different because the kind of the mirror has been turned on ourselves where we're very aware of what we're making. Mm-hmm. So that a band that gets together, almost too aware. Yeah. We, they think, okay, what kind of music do we want to make? Yeah. Not let's make music exactly, and find yeah. out what it is. And so you kind of box yourself into a corner that way. Um, so I find genres only helpful in analyzing music, not in creating it, or in, yeah, I'm not sure necessarily if it would be good for this, for me at least, in terms right. of what kind of piano I'd like. I'd like. I mean, a piano is an instrument. It has, it's, yeah. it's a, you can do many things with it. Okay, well, right, let me reword it this way. Would you use an actual piano, or like a keyboard, or... Both, yeah, both. Um, a, maybe, maybe virtual piano. The keyboard is is an extension of the piano. It's a yeah. modern um, extension. It can do so many more things than a piano can. So you you, you wouldn't say the keyboard is cold, and, whereas the piano is warm. <laughs> You're working with metaphors now. Um, <laughs> what am I not then? Yeah, no, no, not at all. Um, I mean. In its most basic function, the keyboard is meant to um, represent the piano. Mm-hmm. It's meant to give the sensation of hearing a actual piano. Yeah. And I mean, 
a decade ago, we had the technology to adjust keyboards so that they, um, you, you can tamper with the the resonance of the lid. You know, there was no lid on a keyboard, but on a grand piano, you can open oh, the, lid. the actual lid. Okay, yeah, the lid yeah. of the grand piano, mm -hmm. which changes it. Yeah, the deal. and on keyboards, you can change the you know the acoustics of the room. Yeah, the presets. Uh, I'm in the a hall. I'm in you know, a basement. Within the keyboard, it's like there's this concert hall <laughs> yeah. where you are playing on a grand piano mm -hmm. and you're adjusting things. You know, the strings yeah. and the octaves and and the there, there's. I mean, you just open it up. There's so many different variables yeah. there that you can adjust as if you are playing in a concert hall on a grand piano. And so, I mean, those don't mirror it exactly. No, but. We with better technology, you can do that. Do you think you could you, you'd be able to pick out a piano from a keyboard? No, no, no. I mean, it, it depends on the context. If I'm in the room with it, I'd probably well, have yeah. a better chance. Um, but just from a recording, no, it's, it's indistinguishable at this point. Okay. Um, yeah, personal soundtracks. Um, the piano, yeah, area. yeah. Um, I mean, any I, I, I could composers that were, that that were big influences. Yeah, this, see, this is dangerous territory because I could rant for a long time. That's what I'm saying. Just that, that's why you just break it down into chunks. Yeah. I know. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, composers. I mean, I have tons of composers that I love and artists that I love, mm -hmm. but in terms of ones that or one ones whose music speaks to me on a, a deeper level yeah. where I can imagine it would accompany my life as yeah. I live it. Only a few, I would say, have come to mind. Come to mind. Um, Sarah, I'm the one. I'm, I'm not no. numbering them. That's, that's too much pressure. Um, but uh, one is Sergei Rachmaninoff. 1800s, you know, uh, romantic composer, romantic era, <laughs> the label we gave him. Right. Um, Wait, you just said Sarah. Sergei. Oh, Sergei, sorry. Sergei Rachmaninoff, yeah. Um, oh, you don't think you could be a male and Sarah? Yeah, I, I know there's a lot of, you know, Russian names that <laughs> <laughs> Sasha, yeah. I know, that go back and forth, but yeah. I've never heard of Sarah yeah. in, in the Russian. Sorry, Sergei. Sergei. Of. Um, he's he's a a, a favorite. Um, uh, another composer, more modern. Uh, I think he's passed away now, but uh, uh, more modern, um, kind of dabbling in classical and a bit of jazz uh, is uh, Nikolai Kapustin. Um, the Russian? <laughs> I think so. Maybe Ukrainian. I'm okay. Different, you know. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's another one, and he he's he focuses more like directly with the piano um, in terms of what he can do. Okay. But when you hear his pieces, like they are unlike any other piano works that I'd ever heard. It's mm -hmm. this weird blending of classical and jazz genres, where it's like you don't know exactly what you're hearing, and it's very chaotic and it's. Yeah. It's it's really cool. For some reason, I was like, I love this guy. Um, right now, just this past week, I've been listening to um, a guy who goes under his name's Ben Sharp. He goes under the, the band name 
cloud kicker. And uh, hard to do. Yeah, he's he lives out in uh, Boston, I believe, uh, Massachusetts, and he's a one man band. So he's only. That's not a band, though. He is a one man band. Not a band because he records all the instruments. Okay. It becomes a band <laughs> in post. Um, but yeah, so it he is all guitar based pretty much. Yeah. I mean, he adds drums and things like that. But his first but and foremost was guitar. First and foremost is guitar, and he has this huge discography of, of tracks. Um, where when he was when uh, he was first kind of experimenting with the guitar sounds, it, it's mostly metal and. Okay. Music little bit of rock and some acoustic stuff but uh, when he was first dabbling with it he would post little uh, like one to two minute tracks on MySpace yeah oh he good old MySpace yeah MySpace and so over time he had you know, I think 50 or 60 tracks on MySpace mm-hmm. and then you know the world moved on yeah but he he published them afterwards like he here's my MySpace tracks yeah. and so all of a sudden, you just you have this huge album of like all these random riffs and stuff. Yeah, riffs and just like different themes that you could expand into a whole song yeah. if you wanted to, which are really cool. Um, and he has a couple albums, EPs, and stuff. But because it's all instrumental and it's guitar based, and um, it's it dabbles in a bit of post rock too, where you have these long songs that are drawn out. Mm-hmm. There's not necessarily a melody to it. It's all like harmonic changes or rhythmic changes similar to jazz yeah in a way and uh so i really like like i really like that style okay um, there's been many like bus rides and train rides into the city and where it's just i'm listening to that the whole time yeah so you just have a, a, a wide vast of time you just gotta fill it so you yeah just get yeah. lost in even that. walking around the city and so you just everything you're viewing mm-hmm. everywhere you're walking is kind of it's painted with that in the background and uh yeah it's for for many years um i had what i called uh either late night train music or afternoon bus music where i just i put on instagram like just a photo and then like in the description i put what i'm listening to right to give that context yeah because for years I commuted in and out of the city, so it, literally every day, yeah. twice a day, I'd be taking a train or a bus. Just or, sitting there doing nothing. And so I had all this time to listen to music. And so I kind of experimented with what music goes well with what scenery, okay. whether I'm on a train or a bus or yeah. a car or walking. Um, and so it was interesting, like, okay, I'm going to take a train ride today and tomorrow. Today I'm going to listen to this kind of music. Yeah. Or I'm going to listen to that kind of music and see the How same well scenery. Is. You know, you're, yeah. you're looking at the same thing, but which one works better? And so it was interesting to perform that experiment. And you know, I came away with it thinking we have this like this crazy tool in our hands: music. Yeah, it's like this atom bomb. But we're using it to like knock on doors with. Like we're using it in such a simple way. Yes, it's just, where yeah, it has a, so a, much a small, power. yeah, yeah, small. It was a horrible metaphor that I gave. <laughs> you can come up with a better one. But this, this oh, I can't. Underused, they can come okay, up with a better yeah. one. Um, this underused tool potential, yeah, yeah, massive potential. But we're not using it because 
literally, like, it shapes the way we interact with the world, mm-hmm. the way we view the world, the way we think about ourselves. Yeah, depending on, on, on what version is you, that you're listening to will, yeah. de- will, will change how you interact with everything. Exactly. And so I think there was an experiment where they, they would play, um, a, a, there was two different types of music and it was the, the medium of strangers. Mm-hmm. And depending on the type of music, they would actually mingle a lot better and, and yeah. uh, since you become friends, they would, they would chit chat. Yeah. Depending on the, the type of music, whereas yeah. if they played the other one, they would not interact basically at all. Right. So it, it almost changes the chemistry of the brain and how, it's, how it interacts. Right. And imagine if you are more conscious of it. You know, how many, how many mm-hmm. people have at some point, you know, you think of the classic like teenager in their room listening to music yeah. and they're like identifying with what they're saying oh you know this band this song like, it's yeah. like I am this they're I'm, saying you know, what I'm feeling saying I couldn't put into words but they did yeah that's a lot of pressure on the band <laughs> which <laughs> they didn't intend to which they didn't intend yeah and you can you can talk about that for a while but like it's, it is it, there is this like perhaps burden or responsibility or weight put on music and we can use it we, we can utilize it mm-hmm. we can exploit that and I feel like most people just turn on the radio and what happens yeah, happens and it's out of their whatever control. station comes in the best yeah or in the other way they they over um, uh, they over control what they listen to right. it's like you know, here's your Spotify algorithm. Yeah. It's going to keep giving you things you like. The exact and same, you, basically, over and over again. If you're not inclined to, you'll never escape that echo chamber. Right. You know, just keep listening to the same things. Um, I keep yelling at Carl for a very similar thing. Yeah. Because whenever I hear his phone, he's playing whatever hip hop yeah. Shout out to Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Carl. Um, um, whatever. Like, it's, it's, it's uh, in today's day and age, I'm. It's not really pop, but it's your hip hop, rap, and yeah. bit of electronic. Kind of, it's whatever that genre is that that yeah. that is everywhere now, mm-hmm. and it all sounds the same. Has yeah. the same sort of beat structure and, yeah. and rhythm yeah. patterns. And every time I hear it in the aisle, I'm like, is that a different song? Because yeah. I can't fucking tell the difference. Yeah. All 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 the artists sound the same. Yeah. And he's like, and I ask him like, okay, well, this song is obviously different. What do you like about this one compared to the other one? It's like, I don't know, it sounds good. Like, okay, yeah. but yeah. what distinguishes this song from the other yeah. one that I heard that sounded the exact same? And what's his criteria for what sounds good? Yeah, exactly. He's probably not really thinking about it. Well, and I, I was trying to get that. I'm like, okay, but what about, like, just give me one thing that, you know, that, that you like about this one that, you know, makes it stand out. He's like, I, I don't know. And, Honestly, then, and, then, and then he t- told me too, he's like, well, all, all these guys that I listen to, they're just on a like a Spotify playlist, and he's like, "Yeah," and like all these guys, you know, they they just get the the, the beats, uh, the beats and, and the music from this one guy, and then they, they just lay over their their lyrics. I'm like, okay, so it is literally the same music because it's all coming from the same person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and honestly, the the more you think about and listen and research this kind of thing, this kind of music you could almost come to the conclusion that it's meant to be in the background, very mm-hmm. indistinguishable. Yeah. Because most people who listen to it, at least I find, 
are not listening to it. They're not listening to it. They're hearing it. Yeah. They're not musicians. They're not interested in music. No. They just need something to keep them distracted. Yeah, some, some, some beat in the background yeah. that's going it, instead of nothingness. It's like uh, fidget spinners. Yeah. It's like they're audio... <laughs> <laughs> They're audio just finished. Yeah, yeah. It, it really seems that way. It just fills that that void. Yeah, which is horrible. I mean, it's the it basically it's the white noise bomb knocking on the door. Yeah. Whatever you stupid <laughs> fucking thing I said. It makes sense. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's what they're doing. It's like yeah, using silk as a doormat. <laughs> you know, I, I find it a shame. Yeah. Because, like, it's, it's not like they're bad artists, but they're not trying. No, I don't. And if they are, then they haven't trained enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's possible to be a bad musician. Post Malone? <laughs> I don't. I've never really listened to Oh, okay. You should look at what, like, he was doing back in his early YouTube days. Yeah. Like, he's actually not a good artist. Yeah. Well, I mean, a lot of modern artists that you'd hear on the radio are so entwined with their image that you're not really sure, are you, am I listening to their music or am I listening to their image? Yeah, you know? someone else tweaked it. Yeah. Which just, just made me think, maybe that's why they're called artists nowadays instead of musicians. Because mm-hmm. a lot of entertainers and artists, they're no longer musicians. Yeah. They can't actually play music yeah. and make it. Yeah. This is a great place to end off on. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, but yeah. Um, before we do, was there any anything else that you wanted to add into personal soundtrack? Yeah. What would it? Because um, you, you named some composers. I mean, yeah. I mean, is there, are, are there any over certain genres or types of music other than piano? I think. I mean, I like classical. I like jazz. I like variations of rock, prog rock, and things like that. Um, I'm generally I, I like most types of music I don't like country um, I don't like anything with an accordion <laughs> or bagpipes see I would argue a, in, in a similar aspect that you I, I, I would have, I, I, you've talked with poetry with me you just haven't found the right one <laughs> that connects with I'm, you I'm open to being convinced yeah. otherwise because a lot again a lot of people fucking hate bagpipes they, they, they think it's the worst sound like I think it's melodic as hell and it's got to it just flows so well it's also possible that I, I even if I learned everything there is to learn about bagpipes <laughs> I would still not like it mm-hmm. um, it, it might just take the right person playing it in a certain way Perhaps until that day, though. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna. <laughs> you go just keep any stabbing the bag. So <laughs> playlists on Spotify. Um, yeah, the, I mean, there's there's a variety, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm. What just, about like uh, like lo-fi and hi-fi? That sort of. I don't actually listen to tons of lo-fi. Okay. Um, I do like it as a genre. Um, I'll put on every now and then. But it's not what interests me most. Okay. Um, it's an easy genre to listen to. Yeah. It's really more for easy listening. Um, I mean, I. In, in terms of, well, compared to easy listening, if it, if there's such a thing yeah. as hard listening, um, or difficult listening, uh, I prefer like 
prog rock and, and prog metal for that, or yeah. classical or jazz, because there's there's layers of, of depth there. Mm-hmm. That you know, think back to the days, you know, the '60s and '70s, where people would buy a like a Pink Floyd or a Genesis album yeah. and get stoned and then pass out on their bed listening to the right, whole album yeah. straight through. And that was all they were doing, just mm-hmm. listening to the yeah, music. over and over yeah. again. Um, I've even heard, like... Dissecting the layers. Yeah. E- even the unintentional layers, too. Yeah, exactly. But most people don't listen through, oh, I'm going to listen to their, this album. Yeah. Or I'm going to listen through the whole discography of this artist. No, it's like, oh, this all right, week, this you know, one or, song, this one, this one. Yeah. It's mixed just, with this other song from this other album. Yeah. And the further you go back in time, the more... Scrutinizing the artists and composers were in compiling what they would put onto, yeah. And so, you know, you go back and you listen to a prog rock album, and the songs are in an order, and that order is there for a reason. Mm -hmm. They wanted it to be in that order, yeah. And to listen to it out of order, you lose something. Yeah, not saying you can't, but it it, it might not be much too. But yeah, yeah, it it is. it's an S word. For some, I'm, I'm thinking of staggered, but I know it's not that. It's positioned. That, that works. Uh, yeah, the, 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 the songs are, are, are sequenced in that order because that's what worked for those songs. And to take them out of that order, you're then almost not listening to the story of that album. Right. Because it, it, it's telling something as it goes along. So to jump around from one to the other. Yeah. Um, I was reminded at some point yeah. there was a composer in I want to say the mid 1900s who had this interesting take on why so many people hated modern classical music Okay, because typically most people hate modern classical music because it, it changed into this atonal kind of area mm-hmm. and went beyond atonal into some very weird places that you listen to it and you're like why would anyone <laughs> much never mind listen but create it some you know, <laughs> this, this monster and he argued that music is not unlike any other subject where you know if you want to talk about and engage with high-level physics, then you need to understand basic-level physics. Yeah. You cannot just jump into quantum mechanics mm-hmm. and start. You can if you want, and you're not going to get far. You're not going to get far, yeah. Um, and you're going to have a bad time, and the people you're talking to are going to have a frustrating time, yeah. too. And so you need to go, you know, the, the story of physics. Start from the mm-hmm. basics and work your way up. And he argued that music was like that, where where they had gotten to in the mid-1900s was high-level classical music. So unless you understood the history that came before Mm -hmm. it and built it up, you were not going to like high-level, you know, modern classical music because basically you weren't sophisticated enough. In a way, he kind of said, oh, you don't like it? It's because you don't understand it. And and that, that... See, that's a bold claim. Yeah, because no I, I, I would take that as you're not trying to be snooty. It's just you're giving the simple facts. Is right, but if you said, "Oh, I don't like this painting," and someone said, "Oh, you just don't understand it," yeah, you'd have a different reaction, I think, to "Oh, I don't, I don't like the," or 
I don't like this equation. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't like that conclusion mm-hmm. that physics came to a mathematics and say, "Oh, well, you just don't understand it." See, that is okay. But when you apply it to art, people have a yeah. different instinct, I think, and that's why it was controversial when he was saying it. He was basically saying, "Art is art not is subjectual." <laughs> to use your word, art is not subjective. No. It is objective still. Yeah, because the artist was did have an intended purpose in, in what they were making and they were right. trying to tell something. Yeah. Where that's I would say lessened in music. Yeah. Because to a certain degree everyone's gonna hear the same thing. Uh, to a certain to degree. a certain degree, sure. Whereas in a painting, an abstract one, everyone is going to interpret that. 50 million different ways and even of yourself you're, you're gonna look at it well I, I no, I'd, I'd flip that back on you and say everyone sees the same thing it's the same way you hear the same thing and you see the same thing but you focus on different parts of it in music and in visual art the more I studied the modern classical music yeah the more it grew on me it really did and now I but I I can say that I only enjoy certain pieces because I've studied them. Yeah. And I, I hear them and I think, oh, I see what they're doing. Oh, I see that. Yeah, He's so, very clever here. You know, yeah, you're, you're enjoying what they're doing, not the music in and of itself. Well, no, I'm, I'm enjoying, could use the phrase, I'm enjoying in and of itself. Oh. Hey, I did something. I'm enjoying... It's a callback. <laughs> um, I'm enjoying the music as in, as understanding i'm understanding the music yeah so it's it's like yeah i'm not a composer necessarily but it's like composer composer winking rather than composer to audience Mm -hmm. an audience hears things in a different way a director sees a movie and sees all the moves he sees what they're doing Mm -hmm. and you know oh he slipped up there or you know they use this camera style here yeah exactly and so i'm seeing it in that way Mm -hmm. where and I can listen to music and just listen to music and, you know, be an audience member. Yeah. But I also have a second option available to me you because have that I've year. studied it. Yeah. yeah. And likewise, you know, if you study something, you see the moves. A sculptor can mm-hmm. see, you know, other sculptors' work and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I would say that there's some truth to the objective claim that music it can be objective. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it, it is a hard thing sometimes to unhear the moves that they're making, you know, to 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 unlearn what you yeah. know. Because once you know it, you can't. Yeah, um, you know. Well, once you've pulled back the curtain and you put it back, you're like, yeah, but I know it's there I anyway. Know what's behind there, yeah. And so it's it's tricky, mm-hmm. you know. It, I often think, what would a piano sound like to someone who'd never heard a piano before? Yeah, it's like that. I would love to experience that, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I never will. I never will. Yeah, you know, it would be interesting. You can apply that to all the senses. Yeah, what would it be like to to see something for the first time, like a sunset? That'd be a well, I think there's a, a lot of uh, people with near blindness or blind people who have had surgeries do that like, mm-hmm. their reactions are without words pretty much because they, they can't explain it because mm-hmm. it, it is that brand new thing it mm-hmm. is essentially almost break down because yeah. it is that beautiful yeah 
because they've always been told, oh, it's this way, so they have a certain image in their mind, but then to fully yeah. grasp it is almost too much. Yeah. Uh, you saw the movie Annihilation. Yes. Really so, good movie. Yeah. I liked it. So part of that movie is was trying to grasp that concept of the unknown, or mm-hmm. of being completely alien. Yeah. And not alien as in, from another world, although it was, yeah. but alien as in, we've never encountered anything like this yeah. before. Where they they asked questions in the movie like what does the alien want, as a, to think that it, it wants something, it wants something, it, yeah. maybe it doesn't want, mm-hmm. you know, and because that could be a, a human yeah. concept of wanting, and you know what shape did it take? It did not take a shape that is recognizable to no, us. No, yeah. Even though, if you <laughs> if you study high level math, yeah, you'll notice that the alien takes the shape of a Mandelbrot set or a Mandel bulb. Okay. Which is a high level fractal. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Nature does love, love its fractals. It does so. love its fractals, yeah. But uh, so the shape is bizarre and mm-hmm. it doesn't, perhaps it doesn't want the same things we want. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, what it's doing to the nature within the shimmer, you yeah. know, it's very, it's just, you know, it's discordant. It's, uh, it's, but also controlled at the same time. Yeah. And so it's like, what is, like, if we came upon something that was completely foreign to us, what would we even, how would we even cope well, with we it? Because really. your mind would be like, okay, what shape is it? It's not a shape. What color is it? It is not a color. <laughs> the, the, these, know, it's, these are the things I, I use to the describe and basically all those, but I don't have those now. So it's like, yeah, uh, it's just your failing, your mind's failing every test to identify anything. It's like, uh, but it's weird because it's still there and you know it's there, yeah. but you don't see it. Yeah, it's, it's you're confronting weird. something that you cannot identify. So you're just left in that ambiguity of like, I don't know what to, how to respond to this. But it was there. I, I know it was. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's it's similar to um, like being in the dark and seeing shapes like things in the room, mm-hmm. and you're trying to like figure out what it is. So you think, oh, maybe it's this. Or maybe it's this, yeah. and, and it's changing as you're looking at it. <laughs> well, it's weird too, because the, the the brain will superimpose images too. Because if you if you know the layout of yeah. your house and stuff, you'd be like, oh, I can clearly see that thing in the dark. When in actuality, you're not actually seeing it. Yeah. You're seeing your your brain's image yeah. of you know it's there. And when your brain fails at that, it's like it's playing. It's like it, it's as though it's horrible at the game of Operation, where it has like a heart-shaped thing and it's trying yeah. to shove it in the lung. Nope, that doesn't work. <laughs> but it's it keeps trying. Try, try the kidneys, and it's rather <laughs> and it's just failing every yeah. time. Just a conceptual fail. <laughs> the art of failure. Not full service. Which would actually maybe a topic for another time mm. would be um, why I think I think it was it was films. I, I look to again why great works of you'd say sadness aren't as praised as uh, as other works. Like, so, like why sad films or depressing ones aren't as lofty. I think that's the wrong word, but uh, as you know, feel good films. They're not as praised. I, where I, I I disagree wholeheartedly is. Your your depressing movie can be fantastic and yeah, but just because it doesn't feel good, why is it not good? Well, I mean, we're not going to get into it. But okay, like, so, I, 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 yeah, there's a lot to say on that. I, I disagree with a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Well, 
like with, with how I look at it or uh, well we're not getting into it <laughs> and I, I, to, I, to describe what I mean by that yeah. we would have to get into it okay yeah, just from this talk, it brought up that, that topic that I had from before of, okay, maybe I would introduce this to you because, yeah, I, I talked this with Michael on, on the last episode was, mm. I brought it up a little bit, was I made the argument that uh, Infinity War mm. doesn't have the same praise as your first Avengers mm. because they're two tonally different films. Yeah. Because they are torn down, and I don't know if they dismember. That's not the right word either. <laughs> but like, they're defeated in in that film. So yeah. tonally, yeah. it's a downshift. Yeah. Whereas Avengers, it, it's upbeat. They're yeah. they're winning. So there's a lot to say there. <laughs> so personally, for me, from what from what I found for me, did like yes, everyone's like, oh, this is a great movie. But that same praise wasn't behind it as mm. it was, say, for Avengers. Yeah, because of that tonal shift. I understand what you're saying. Do you disagree with Are that? Are we getting into it? Uh, no. <laughs> I, I feel like you're trying to... Unfortunately, to yeah. I, I, your I, action, well, I, no, no. It's unfortunate. I can keep going, too. Yeah. I think I think it's best for another time. Yeah, probably we'll another leave, time. We'll leave it there. Cool. Mm-hmm. Before we start rambling more and mm-hmm. sit here for another four hours. Have we been here four hours? <laughs> no, but... <laughs> We could easily sit here for yeah. four hours. Yeah, we could. Cool. It's been... I don't want to say blast. That's the wrong word. It's been... Did you learn anything? I hope so. I learned some stuff. Not for me. Yeah. Oh. Well, I certainly well, you, didn't you, learn you, anything you, for myself. <laughs> no, it, it, I would say... If, it, coming from me, but you probably learn things of me, but not learn things in general. You didn't... I don't. I don't categorize my knowledge. It's all knowledge. Yeah, but whether it's a feeling or a thought <laughs> or an idea, it's all the same. It goes in, gets stored somewhere. Yeah. And, uh, don't don't uh, diminish it. your. <laughs> yeah, don't, Stop using my words. Hey, I mean it's a good word. Don't diminish your the content of your mind by saying, "Oh, you didn't." It's not learn worthy material. I, there, there's there's a. I was, spe- I, was, there. I was spouting facts that you were looking up on Wikipedia. How useful at the are same those facts? time? Yeah, <laughs> was, I mean, how useful are those facts? Um, they're useful in that it sparks a discussion. Yeah, because it makes me want to learn more about the dudes. Yeah, so it's useful in that aspect. Sure, stop agreeing with me. Okay. But yeah, it's been great talking with you again. Yeah, I've enjoyed it. Why are you getting quieter? Are we just fading out? <laughs> <laughs> we could just fade out. No, yeah, it was good. I, I always enjoy the conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was good conversation. I enjoy talking about music. and it was, Yeah, it was good. It's a, I liked the shape of this, this story. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. What kind of shape was it? It was a circle. Oh, I, was th- I thought you were going to go with, oh, I, I don't know which kind of shape it was. It was... Indiscernible. That would have been good. <laughs> I can re-edit it. Don't worry. Yeah, we'll never know. No. <laughs> we'll never know. But oh, uh, and also uh, thank you for the the new uh, theme intro music that we have. Yeah, I could dissect that uh, next episode. <laughs> Maybe there's there's some interesting choices made. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
maybe I'll just tell you off off camera off camera I was gonna say off camera yeah spread <laughs> there's a camera don't worry yeah so I was a camera always and I'll explain some of the choices I made but mm-hmm. yeah it's supposed to be fun. I'll just let it sink in for now and let it sink in with them for now cool and maybe we'll uh, collab again on something like that mm-hmm. next week for another one adios farewell oh, well.